0: Thriving with Chronic Illness is brought to you by Life Audio and is a part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the Thriving with Chronic Illness podcast, where we talk about our pains and challenges with chronic illness, but also the hope and joy we have in Christ. Life indeed may be hard, but our lives are far from over. God still has a purpose and a plan for each of us, a hope-filled Christ-led and Christ-empowered plan. And today I feel I need to repeat that last phrase, Christ-led And Christ empowered. If we want to experience the fullness of life Christ promised and the power to live that out, we must follow his lead when he tells us to rest or to push forward. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today, knowing when to rest and when to recoup, when to stop everything and take a five or six hour power nap and when to muster every ounce of strength to push through. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery. I'm an author, a speaker, and a ministry leader. And I would love to connect with you online, on social media. You can find me by Googling my name, and you can find the ministry I serve with, Holy Loved, by Googling that name as well, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holylove.com. And today I've got a special guest with me, Victoria Mejias. She's a strong, Christ-led, and Christ-empowered leader who is daily thriving with multiple sclerosis. Victoria, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks
0: for having me, Jen. I really appreciate it
1: this is an area you're still growing in that you're still learning when to rest and when to push through. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's definitely a learning process, particularly in those earlier stages of diagnosis or maybe wrestling with a chronic illness.
1: So what was that process for you? You know, I've always
0: been a journaler, so it actually took me years to be officially diagnosed with MS in the first place. And so, um, you know, we're individuals first before we're our illnesses. And so being an advocate for yourself, um, for me, my symptoms were already jotted down because I journal daily. Um, but maybe doing that self-check of saying, you know, I don't quite feel very well, um, whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, being able to kind of get a temperature check, a, a pulse on what that looks like for, for you as an individual um And then being your own advocate. So I, I, can't, I can't remember how many doctors I saw before I finally had one who took the time to um, run as many tests as needed to be taken to officially diagnose me. Following that, I mean, um, I wanted to respond with faith. I, I take a personal approach of running whatever I'm feeling or experiencing against what I consider to be God's truth or scripture. And I do that multiple ways, whether that's time alone with him in prayer or running to his word and spending time in scripture. And, um, you know, the initial responses I received from doctors were were different. You know, what what I would be responding to in faith, they would consider, well, you know, you're in denial. You haven't accepted it yet. And so I would just encourage anyone who um, is living with chronic illness, as you Are responding in faith, just know no one else is experiencing or feeling what you're feeling. And once you're diagnosed with chronic illness, your life really does change forever. Um, And you are going to experience and feel things that even the best doctor and specialist in your field will never quite be able to understand. And so don't expect people um, to fully grasp what it is that you're. Uh, wrestling with that would be um, the first thing. Secondly, responding, you know, the way God would have you respond, and not expecting people to embrace or understand that, particularly if they're not believers, um, which we know from God's word. You know, we can't expect those who are spiritually dead to understand or grasp spiritual concepts. Um, but it did, it, it came with many challenges, um, including some guilt. Um, Because as I was learning a new pace and establishing new routines and new rhythms, uh, there was some guilt there as I had to start saying no to things. No to things and people uh, in my life that I care about very much. I just found myself having to prioritize better, pace better, set better boundaries. Um, But with that came some guilt of now I can't make every family function. Now I can't make every event that maybe I used to support in the past. And uh, that, that could be a, a really, really tough thing to,
1: to kind of accept, come to full grips, uh, grips with. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes with that, I probably every woman listening that they're going to resonate with that. I think, and, and for a couple of reasons, especially if you're a parent, I think it's, it's, mm-hmm. Triply hard if you're a parent because there's multiple things tied up, but there's our heart tied up in that as well, right? We want to be there for our kids, and we may, we're used to being there. My daughter actually joined in an episode with this because I became sick her sophomore year in high school, and originally I was. Pretty sick. I had colitis and it was not managed. And so it was a, it was our family struggled. And so she processed, I'm going to encourage you to listen to the way she processed and how God used it in her life. Now that she's 23 and she can Mm -hmm. look back, was it hard that first year? Did she grieve? Did she get angry? Did she go through things that made it, all of us went through challenges that made it hard. And Victoria, I'm going to assume probably you've experienced that as well, that can make it hard to set. Mom's got to rest. Mom can't go to the mall. Mom Mm -hmm. can't go on that hike. I'm sorry. Mom can't accompany that field trip. I'm sorry. And that's so, so hard. So what would you say, what are some ways to process that Victoria as you're kind of, there's the guilt and then tied in with that, the grieving of I want my mother, I want this mother daughter relationship or mother son or friend friend that makes it challenging as well.
0: Yeah, and that's why I say respect the process um, and know whatever it is that you are experiencing yourself and no one will be able to understand that. Vice versa, my children are experiencing, they went through a grieving process that I couldn't quite understand. Um, They grieved the lives that we had prior to my diagnosis um, or maybe even earlier on because mine is progressive. And so early on, I was still kind of, Juggling a lot more than what I do now, um, and they greet that life, and they're, they've even participated in extracurricular activities that I haven't been able to attend. And so, having to, um, you know, and my children are small; are were younger when I was first diagnosed. So even having to explain things in a way that a young mind can understand, when adults wrestle with these big concepts. Um, it took a lot of patience. It took a lot of grace um, on both sides. I, I very much look up to my children and the way that they've um, really allowed me the room to live with chronic illness and, and be very open and transparent and honest with them. Uh, they don't guilt me. Um, but on the flip side, I have had experiences with folks who have. They, they haven't been able to fully accept. Um, the, the new me and the ever-changing me, because with MS, every day is different. And, and I do have a progressive form of MS. And so I'm losing functions, you know, on a daily basis. And that's not easy for everyone. You know, I was married before. And throughout my marriage, I, I would say my illness was was the linchpin as to why we're now divorced, you know. And, and so having someone who didn't understand who would constantly question well you know you couldn't feel that bad if you did xyz or you know constantly questioned um the doctor's visits the specialists how our finances were in greatly impacted by my diagnosis and so constantly have that negativity um you know god god bless caretakers if you have someone in your life who's walking alongside you the way Um, We should just cherish that because that that was not my experience with everyone, including some friendships that they could not grasp this. And I I just had to set firmer boundaries and realize, okay, um, these are not friendships. These really are acquaintances and I can love them, but there really is a season for everything. And in my experience, everyone, and there have been people who've been called into my life. And there are people who have been called out. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's an important thing to really understand as believers, because I think it can be so, so confusing. We can love people from a distance if need be and sometimes that's important and and love is it's not necessarily saying i'm going to accept this this unhealthy behavior it's saying i am going to respond in a loving manner in this situation so i'm not going to speak hateful words i'm not going to i'm going to be kind but i'm also going to be speaking in truth and so There are times when you might have to say to a mother, a father, a sister, a friend, truth is God is calling me right now to spend a day in bed because I need to be with my children tomorrow or because I need to be able to do this tomorrow or for whatever reason and saying this is truth and it's not mean and it's not unloving to speak truth and i think there's so much confusion and i would encourage listeners if you really struggle with hard conversations and boundaries to listen to some past episodes i did on boundaries on this podcast and then on my faith over fear podcast listen to the courage to have hard conversations because those are important areas to to grow in
0: yeah absolutely and you know what um god bless the fact that you have this podcast and you have these resources for people because these um, social skills and relationship skills. They're just not taught schools. They're often not taught in churches. And so unfortunately for those with us with chronic illness, we've had to learn the hard way. Um, but, but they're much needed tools, you know, not just for our spiritual walk or our, or our sanity, but even just for the sake of our, our lives. Like we can honestly progress, and make our physical chronic illness worse if we overextend ourselves. And that's really, I, I know for me, in my case, I've come to grips with the fact that that would be an injustice to my family and my loved ones and the things that I have prioritized.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I like your emphasis on we can grow through this because we know that's how God works. Right. Mm -hmm. That he will use our limitations, our weaknesses, our challenges, even our pain to grow what to him is of utmost value, which is our, our soul and our and our ability to have those hard conversations, to look at things honestly, to have the courage to obey Christ, even when it feels really challenging to do so. And I also like your emphasis on priority. I've learned, well, I've never been a procrastinator really, but I feel like for me, it's even more important not Mm -hmm. to procrastinate because if I have energy today, I'm going to do it. Right.
0: Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I still struggle in this area. Um, You know, I have learned very well. I've kind of dominated saying no to things that I don't feel called to or passionate about. Um, Because I just, I don't, I don't have time for it. I don't have the time for it. I don't have the energy for it. And I'm not going to do those things justice because I don't physically, I can't give it my all. Um, But I am still growing in the area of when I do take on projects that I am passionate about, then I wrestle with the fact with, well, if I have this ability today, and again, my chronic illness is progressive. I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it tomorrow. You know, I'm losing bodily functions. I'll, I'll lose the ability to speak. I'll lose the ability to walk. And so it's like, oh, but I can do it today. And I want to kind of pour everything that I have into it. So I'm still growing in that area as well. And if you wrestle with that, I would just encourage you to, again, press in in prayer um, and even ask those closest to you because sometimes they can even know us better than we know ourselves. Um, you know, I, I've got, um, teenagers now and they'll sometimes say, Hey, you seem like you're growing a little agitated. And I do when I become like overly fatigued and they'll kind of pick up on some clues and say, maybe you should take a break or, um, even offer some help, uh, which I know for some folks can be very, very difficult to accept. Um, I've gotten better at it because I haven't had much of a choice. Um, But I love what you said about weakness, because, you know, I, we have this huge stigmatism in the world when it comes to the, the term weaknesses, you know, it's as if we pretend that they don't exist, when the reality is everyone has their strengths and their weaknesses. Those with chronic illness, you know, ours tend to be more physical, but everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. And when we turn to scripture, scripture even tells us that, God's power is made perfect in our weaknesses. And so I'm not quite sure why we wrestle with that term so much. Um, For me, I've embraced mine um, because I've learned that I can actually empower people who are stronger in areas that I'm not. Um, And so maybe I'm not leading in those ministry areas that I used to, but I've been able to grow some people in those areas that they're more physically capable to take on. Um, And so... I'm not out of ministry. My ministry just looks different. And so for those with chronic illness, just recognizing that your roles um, will evolve as your chronic illness does.
1: And they can be very beautiful. I think these new roles, and sometimes we have to release what was to kind of embrace where God is leading. And I want to speak specifically to what you said about some of your challenges and taking on things and not knowing what happens tomorrow. And Victoria actually serves with me and she's open with her challenges, with how she's feeling. And I will say as a ministry leader, I actually intentionally seek out people who have had significant challenges. And I'll tell you why. We, our ministry serves women who are hurting and I've found if people have not experienced significant challenges, there's not quite the maturity is, is how I would put it. There's not quite the maturity that I feel necessary to entrust people with these wounded hearts. Like I think for, for dealing with wounded hearts, there's a level of spiritual and emotional maturity that is, is crucial and so I do want to say that's, I think that's the gospel a little bit in work and what Victoria is talking about is scripture says, even though our outward body wastes away, our inward self, our our, our core, our soul is being refined and made beautiful. And so I see that a lot in ministry and So there's still a place for you, even in your limitations. And I want to speak to how, and I'm going to say, Victoria, because, okay, so if you had something happen on the day of an event, this is how we'd handle it. Like this is, and so I know that, and I would rather have your gifting and your heart and your passion and, and Jesus in you. And because I, for me as a leader, and I'm telling this to myself as someone also reminding that myself, that people I deal with hopefully have the same view. And if they don't, that's not my issue. That's a growth thing. But my view is God already knows, right? He's sovereign over the event. He's sovereign over our plans. And so if Victoria comes to me and says, I love this, I want to serve with you, I want to help, but these are my challenges, Mm -hmm. And she signs up and then, and then maybe she's in the hospital the day of a really big event. Well, you know what? God knew that when he brought her on, which means there's something beautiful in that moment, even though it might be hard. So I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to discount. I'm sure that would hurt deeply Victoria. If that were to happen, I'm sure you would grieve. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And those things have actually literally happened. Um, so, and You know, this is where I praise God for my missions experience, because you come up with a plan A, but I don't even know why you come up with a plan A, because you're always going to plan B, C, and D. Like, in an ideal world, everything would be glorious and happen exactly the way it's planned, and I am a planner, so I love that control aspect. But it never happens. It never seems to work out that way. And so it's taught me to be a lot um, more grace filled to be able to extend that grace to other people. But I also want to encourage folks you know, I'm super open and um, transparent and very, very real when it comes to my challenges. There are some folks who are not there yet and can't quite even muster up the words, I have X, Y, Z. And so, don't always feel that you owe other people an explanation. Um, You can very gracefully say, thanks, but no thanks. And if someone is pushing for more of an explanation than what you're ready for, I just encourage you to pray and know that God has you covered. Um, I hear this a lot, particularly when it comes to working professionals that are wrestling with chronic illness and they don't know whether to share that or not with their employer. Like, you know, whether it's, whether it's your workplace, whether it's your church or a ministry that you're serving under, and, you know, you were able to muster up that courage to have that tough conversation, what, what you thought was going to be a tough conversation of saying, hey, evenings are hard for me. Um, but I just want to encourage people, you don't, you don't owe anybody an explanation. Um, you know, if you recognize that person's response, I have learned that hard times are very, very revealing of how people will respond and you'll see those who will give you that grace to be yourself and you'll see kind of you know the good in people you will also see some ugliness and it'll give you ability to respond and say well okay well is this really something I want to be involved with and then you can reassess
1: right and again that comes back to trusting in God one Mm -hmm. and really staying keeping our heart first I'm going to say Chronic illness will bruise your heart and it will trigger every lie you've ever previously tucked in your heart and it will trigger all your insecurities, all your false identities, your false securities. But that's part of the refining process too, right? Because God shows those things. So if you're struggling with that, then go deeper. Like if you're struggling with having that conversation, say, okay, Lord, what is it really, what is really at root here? Is it that my identity isn't firmly established in you? Is my identity in what I do or is it in my role? Do I really not feel secure in you? Do I, do I really not understand that you are my provider? So if I lose this job and for some of you, that's a terrifying place right now, I think and, and Maybe on a whole nother talk, Victoria could speak could speak on that because she's a single mom who had to step down from a very fulfilling role, paid position. Mm-hmm. And so maybe on another episode or something, you could talk just about that transition. But those fears and those, those insecurities and those lies, I think we just have to meet Christ in those places and protect our heart. And I want to go back, actually, if we can circle back to... When people are not supportive, and mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot, some of it can happen because they want to fix you, and they think if they can just push, I, I see that sometimes, like, if we can just push you to do this thing, then I'm not really going to lose what I thought I had, or then you can be better or or whatever, But some people just are not mature and they're stuck in in sin and in selfishness. And if they don't respect your boundaries, it's not, the problem isn't with you and your boundaries. The problem is they don't understand boundaries. The fact that they don't have boundaries means we need to model it even more. It's even more important that we model it. But what are some ways to protect your heart when somebody is, whether intentionally or unintentionally through their words or through their actions, making Making you feel like you're a victim, like you're a burden, like you're doing like you're you're being selfish, you know, all of these things when really what you need to do is rest because like you said, people don't understand how we feel. And if we say fatigue, I found this too. I had to actually have a conversation with someone that when I, when I run, it knocks me out, like for the day I might sleep. I mean, it'll just make me sleep like four hours, like for the rest of the day. And, and I've had someone say to me, no, that's my own choice that I choose to do that. Mm -hmm. And, And I want to, and that's okay. But I had someone make a comment to me, well, everyone gets tired. Yeah. It's different.
0: Mm -hmm. And and this is where I say we're individuals before we're illnesses. You know, I have two family members who have MS. And so, and they're on both sides of my family. And so it's like my whole family assumes my illness is their illness and it should look exactly the same as theirs. And if if they could do this, why can't I do this? And, you know, or your comment about fatigue, I've gotten the same exact response. Everyone gets tired you know, I wrestle with chronic migraines. I literally have holes in my head. I have lesions on my brain that show up on brain scans continuously. And it's like, oh, I get headaches too. You know, and just just know that you're an individual. There is no comparison. Even if you were to compare two patients with the same exact illness, they're not going to experience them the same exact way. And so coming to the point of acceptance of, nope, I'm an individual and this is my experience it's not a shared experience you're not going to know exactly what i know the ins and outs of how i feel or how i might respond to something some people respond to certain medications that other people can't tolerate some people respond to certain treatments and you know physical therapies and chiropractors and things like that might be a huge blessing to somebody else that are that don't work out for the next person and that's okay Um, I have found for me, I am very open. And so I try to take on those moments. as like teaching moments to try to explain, but again, for those who aren't there, just know that you don't owe anybody that explanation either. So if you're not given that grace, you know, as believers, it's still our responsibility to give grace. And so just know you're going to get that from, from the Lord. You're not going to get it from people. and so it's it's up to me to be prayed up, to be in God's word, to be filled up with the right things so that I don't lash out in the wrong way, um, even if pe- the other person
1: doesn't respond that way. Two important things that you mentioned I would like to touch on. The first, when you said we're going to get it from God, that was something that hit me really early on is I I wanted everyone to understand. And everybody won't understand. And then finally, I felt like God say to my spirit, not an audible voice, but you know, just where I sensed him, him speaking to me that I didn't need them to understand because he understood. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge mind shift for me. And then the second thing, I love that what you said is you touched on the comparison game. And I think we can do that. We can say, well, so-and-so has the same illness and they're still able to work. And so-and-so, you know, and they're able to hike and they're able to, first of all, by those comparison games, what they do is they can make us want to be like everybody else. And we don't see their struggle, first of all. We don't see anybody's struggle. And second of all, like you said, we're all different. And if we, we land in that place of comparison, then it makes it more difficult to follow God's direct leading for ourselves. God knows precisely what we can do, when we can do it, when we need to rest. And knowing that you're worth
0: slowing down to take that time, um, because whatever it is that God's called you to do, left in your life, and it might take some prioritizing, um, he'll equip you to do. And that, that might be, equipping you physically, it might be equipping you with spiritual giftings, and it might be surrounding you with a support system that will help accomplish his task. But take that time to really slow down and press in to say, okay, exactly what is it that I should be doing right now? And equip yourself for that. So yes, I'm strong. Yes, I'm his. Yes, I'm protected. Yes, I'm provided for. Yes, it will work out the way God wants it to. Maybe not the way I picture it, and I want to control it and you know plan it. But it will absolutely work out the way God wants it to. Um, that that could take some time, but it is so worth it, and you owe it to yourself. Um, you owe it to God to accomplish His missions, and you owe it to your family and your loved ones and those who are supporting you through this journey with chronic illness.
1: I would encourage you, if you're struggling with any of those things that Victoria spoke on, connect with Holy Loved Ministries, because those are the things we really try to help women grow in as those core issues of who they are. So a lot of things for you guys to process. I just hope if you walk away with nothing else, walk away with two things. You are God's. He's got you. And he's got a he's still got a good plan for you, and he's gonna lead you in that plan. So trust, trust him to be a good, good father in this. And then, second, you are worth saying yes and saying no. You are worth resting when you need to and pushing through. God did not create you just so that you could be used up by everybody else. So hopefully that will give you some courage to, to as you kind of learn your own rhythms and i would love it if you if this episode encouraged you please rate it that helps other people to find it and make sure to subscribe and then you won't miss a single episode make sure to catch victoria's podcast discussion on my faith over fear podcast where we talk about the courage to live with a limp and she shares more of her story and just finding strength amidst weakness, and just go in peace, go in the power of Christ, and maybe go take a nap. (laughs) Amen. (laughs)
0: Thriving with Chronic Illness is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a review in your podcast app? It really does help more people like you find the podcast. To hear more from Jennifer Slattery, be sure to check out her fantastic site, HolyLoved.com. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Gibbons, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more podcasts like this, head over to LifeAudio.com.